0: Hi, happy Merry Christmas time, friends. This is Erin. I just wanted to hop on real quick and let you know what is going on with these episodes. So every Sunday, we're going to re-release our Advent series from last year in 2019. We wanted to do this because it walks beautifully through our Advent resource that we have created. We've created this Advent puzzle of discussion cards that you can walk through um, with your friend, by yourself, with your family. They're really for people of all ages. And it talks about how, from the story of scripture, it's all about. Jesus, the Son of God, and we see that all the way through creation to restoration. So each week, these episodes that are being re-released will be a supplement to help you walk through that Advent um, resource that we've created for you guys. And then tune in uh, as normal on Thursdays, and you'll get to hear our this year's Advent series where we're walking through the theology of different Christmas songs. It's going to be so fun. Thanks for tuning in. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Adorned Podcast. This is episode 82, and we are in our Advent series. Hi, friends, and welcome to the
1: Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So, this week we're going to be talking about the part in the meta narrative of Scripture called
0: the fall. Dun dun dun. dun. <laughs> Every time. Yeah, last week um, we talked about creation and how Jesus was. The sun was present in creation, and um, how all of Scripture is—he's active and living in a part of the whole story of Scripture. He doesn't; he's not just born at Christmas out of nowhere, right? Right. right. Which I think um, a lot of us were not aware of that not too long ago. So, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it was good to get all on the same page with that. Yes. And today we're going to talk about the fall. But let's start with a fun question, fun Christmas question: What is your favorite Christmas city? Well, first of all, CDs are, like, non-existent Okay, what do you now. call them now? What is your favorite album? A record? Album? record?
1: Being, yes. Isn't that crazy? Because I'm like, it's not a
0: record a record's either. record's even older than but CD. But being
1: married to this guy that's all about the music world these days, <laughs> like, they call them records. Okay. I mean, I think you can also call it an album, um, but I say CD all the time, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I guess you're not
0: really making Dating CDs. Dating myself? Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. It was a
0: CD when we listened to it. It was. So, so
1: true. Um, unless you stole it off of Napster, but that's we won't true. talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um so my first thought was in sync because ah, every yeah. time i listen to the in sync christmas album i just get so like nostalgic yeah. and like how old school. were you like when
0: that city was popular um like, like, like middle school
1: high probably school? middle yeah oh. middle school early high school um so i initially went back to that but my all-time favorite and the one I really like to listen to over and over is the Amy Grant Christmas. Oh yeah that's a good um, one. Because we listened to that on tape. Yeah. Um Every time we were putting up our Christmas tree yep. and just all throughout the holiday season and so I still listen to that with my girls now and they're kind of like who is this and I'm like she's a classic.
0: That's my mother-in-law's favorite one too. we yeah. would always listen to it. Yeah it's a house.
1: good one. What about you? um Raya carey <laughs> oh yeah my, that's my girl's <laughs> favorite that's my girl's favorite
0: um i i love mariah carey i always will and always have but then also celine dion which oh yeah i mean can't go wrong with celine dion yeah but then i thought of a random one well maybe it's not random but uh the rebecca st james do you remember Rebecca St. oh yeah
1: i went to a concert she okay. had a concert in greenville of all places that's when random. i was like third grade yeah and so i loved her but i don't know that i listened to her christmas cd i
0: think it's because it was the same thing like we'd always have it playing when we yeah. were that or kenny g but i'm not gonna All put kenny memories. g as my favorite so um yeah <laughs> as we would decorate <laughs> we would listen to that and so it just reminds me of being a kid which is so interesting how linked music is to memory it's crazy that's music a whole other thing just yeah yeah <laughs> yeah all the memories.
1: Aww. Music is one of my favorite parts of Christmas. So yeah. are you one of those people, like, are you listening to Christmas music? So we're recording this in early November. Are you listening to Christmas music right now, or do you wait until after Thanksgiving?
0: I don't have any rules. So play it fast no rules. Okay. I, d- okay. <laughs> I mean, I told Taylor we're setting up for Christmas this weekend, mostly because I'm like, I don't want to have to do it after yeah. the baby comes. That's probably a really good idea. And I just, like, I want to soak it up more. Yeah. And I don't think you're cheating Thanksgiving just because you set up for Christmas. You can celebrate more than one thing at the same time. Time. yeah yeah i'm gonna wait till after thanksgiving because i i just i don't you're know you're a rule follower I makes sense. i'm a
1: rule follower and i don't know i just feel like i'm least likely to like get tired of it by oh, okay. by christmas yeah. if i just have it for a short period of time yeah. and it just makes it more special but we're actually going to talk about that a little bit um here in a little bit on the podcast. but yeah so christmas music Great thing. Love (laughs) Christmas music. (laughs) By the time you listen to this, you've probably been listening to it for several weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what is the fall? Not the season we're in now, (laughs) but like the fall of man, original sin.
0: Oh, that's a a big, big question. I mean, we (laughs) talked about this quite a bit back in our Genesis series, but um, I think to kind of summarize it as as quickly as possible, we can look to Genesis chapter 3 and we see how... um, Adam and Eve were living in the garden and you know we saw last week how God created things and and everything was good and God was able to dwell with his people and then they made this decision to not trust God Mm -hmm. I mean basically at its root that's what the decision was and that they wanted to try to um, to be God themselves and so we see that through Adam and Eve and how they made the decision to eat the fruit that God told them not to and that's where it all began yeah. So something that always
1: sticks out in my mind about the fall is that they weren't content. Eve wasn't content just being like God. I mean, she was made in God's image and she was being like him. But when the serpent came and said, hey, like you can have all the knowledge that God has. She was like, oh, wait, like I can just not only be like God, but I can be God myself, I can have his knowledge, I can be him. And I I think that's so relevant to us today because our desire for omniscience to be all-knowing is such a struggle, like because we have everything at our fingertips. And so I heard Jen Wilkin talk about this one time. She was like, you know, with Google and just the access that we have to knowledge, so many times we're trying to be God. Right. We're trying to play God. We will never be omniscient. Like that's one of his characteristics that's like incommunicable. Mm-hmm. Like we we will never have that, but we try and try and try. And we can't be content just being image bearers. We want to be God ourselves. And yeah. we see this struggle all the way back to Eve and so I think that that's kind of a lesson we can take from the fall is that like we will never be all knowing and that's okay. Right. We don't want to be all knowing. Like that's too much pressure. I don't you don't want to know everything no. you think you do, but you don't really.
0: Right. So Yeah, yeah. we're we're created to reflect God, not to rival him, not right? That's what she him. says. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think I've mentioned this book on here before, but it's called The Garden, the Curtain and the Cross. And it's really helpful seeing this whole meta narrative of scripture. It's it's a kid's book, but it' It's really helpful to me. So I'm just going to read the pages that that take us in this transition from creation to fall because it puts it really well. It says, in the garden, everything was wonderful. The world was full of laughing and playing and smiling and fun. There was nothing bad ever. There was no one sad ever. And best of all, God was there. He made it all. He was in charge of it all. He loved it all. People could see God and speak to God and just enjoy being with God. It was wonderful to live with God. But then one day... People did a terrible thing. They decided they didn't want to do what God said. They decided they wanted a world without God in charge. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the same point that you're making. Yeah. We want a world where we're in charge, mm-hmm. right? Where we're like, no, I, I might listen to you, God, but ultimately I'm in charge and I'm going to decide and I'm mm-hmm. going to be the one who is God o- and Lord over my own life. Right. right. And that, um, that plays into all of the rest of scripture. I mean, if we're talking about... You know, this meta narrative creation was the first two chapters, and then fall covers most of the Bible. Yeah. I mean, it covers the rest of the Old Testament, which is most of the Bible, yes, and talking yes. about, you know, what the world is like and living under this state of the fall.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like
0: your question, I mean,
1: you were saying that we want to be in control, but do we really No. Like I think about how much stress that causes. Like some of my most stressful days is when I feel like I have to be in control of everything. Like everybody's looking to me for all the decisions Mm -hmm. and, and to take care of everything. And I, Mm -hmm. when I'm in charge of everything, like those are my most stressful days. So if I try to be in charge of my life, I think about how much stress that brings. And so if I would just give that all over to God and just live in the truth that, he really is sovereign and he really is control, how much stress would that take off of me? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that we could breathe so much easier if we just lived in that truth. Right, right. So yeah. um, I guess the question is, well, there's some, there's some scripture that we can look at for this, right? So we see in um, Genesis 3, it's Genesis 3.15 really, but I'm going to start in Genesis 3.14. And this is called the Proto-Evangelium. Did I say that right? I always question whether I say that I right.
0: I think it's Evangelium. Proto-Evangelium. Progen- ev- Proto-Evangelium.
1: There you go. The emphasis matters, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, and that's basically, that's a long word for the first time we see the gospel. Yeah. Like, this is the yes. first gospel in the Bible, and I didn't realize until not long ago that you see it all the way yeah, back yeah. in Genesis three. So it says, the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this cursed, are you above all livestock and above all beast of the field on your belly? You shall go and dust. You shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So he shall bruise your head. So that's pointing us to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So we see here that even in Genesis three, we're being pointed to the story of Christmas.
0: Yeah, which I think is a really neat and probably a point that a lot of us haven't really come to that conclusion on our own before is that, you know, we see this fall happen. And yes, we're they're still living under the fall for all that time in a lot of scripture and, uh, you know, Moses and Abraham and all of these people are still living in the fall and Noah and all of that. But. Immediately after the fall happens, God is there and he is proclaiming hope and truth Mm -hmm. and pointing towards a coming savior and a redeemer that, you know, now they're kind of in this Advent. Like we talked about Advent is like this waiting waiting period, Mm -hmm. this longing, and that starts immediately Immediately. after the fall. God is Mm -hmm. so faithful to meet them right in that moment i like, how kind of God that he didn't leave them in that, um, I mean, they're still in sin and in brokenness, but he doesn't leave them without hope. He immediately he meets immediately, them. Yeah, yeah, and points towards Jesus. And we see, like we're talking about when we, what else in scripture is under this fall, we see that all of this scripture is pointing towards Jesus, pointing mm-hmm. towards that Redeemer coming and all of that um, brokenness and the fallen and the sin and the complaining and the grumbling and all of that takes place during the fall, but there's always hope and God is always there and always pointing them. No, there is a redeemer coming. So one of the things that, um, we need to make sure we note about the fall is that it didn't just affect Adam and Eve. Like they were the ones who first committed that sin, but, um, Everyone after them was then born into sin. Mm -hmm. And there's a page in that same book that I'm going to read real fast. It says, now things were sometimes bad and sometimes sad and people still kept sinning because they didn't want God to be in charge. So no one could come into God's wonderful place. God had said, because of your sin, you can't come in. And so, We just want to make sure, like, when we're thinking about the fall, we're not just thinking about that one instance that happened in the garden. Like, it is a continuation, and if you continue to read your Bible, you'll see how true that is, right? We go Mm -hmm. uh, Cain and Abel, just all the way down the line, all the way through Scripture, we see how the um, the fall has affected um, everybody then and everybody now. And so one way that um, this is referred to is original sin, like Casey had mentioned. And I think Sproul does a good job of explaining this. He says... Original sin refers to the result of the first sin, the corruption of the human race. Original sin refers to the fallen condition in which we are born. So we're born in sin. And we see this in scripture. And it's a good reminder for us that we, we're not sinners because we sin, but we sin because we are sinners. Right, right. Which is like a little shift in understanding, but it makes a big difference. And we see that in Psalms fifty excuse me, 51, where it says, um, this is David, and he was talking about how surely I was sinful at birth, um, and even talks about, like, when he was conceived, he was in sin, and, um, I think just knowing this, and knowing the fallen condition of everybody in the Old Testament, and even us now, like, really does point to Christmas, and we'll talk about that more, but, um, we, we, we have to accept first the fact that the fall happened before we can see the beauty of redemption. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: We also see in Romans three, nine through 11, it says, what then are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all both Jews and Greeks are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. My girls memorized that verse with, um, catechism at the uh-huh. first of the year. Mm-hmm. And that's just an important thing to remember. Like no one is righteous, nobody. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also in Romans five twelve, therefore just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because
0: all sinned. And we'll see, we'll talk about that verse again next week because it goes on to talk mm-hmm. about how Jesus is the redeemer, which yep. is awesome. Yep. And we'll tie it all together.
1: Once again, God doesn't leave us hanging with sin. Yes, he, yes. he has an answer for that.
0: Yeah. So we see um as we're walking through the meta narrative of scripture what what happens um I don't want to say like immediately next, but what happens in like big picture is that we're led to the law, mm-hmm. which um, was put in place, we know to to point ultimately to Jesus, to Jesus and to reveal our fallenness by not being able to abide by the law and pointing to our need for a savior. Um, and we'll talk about this more again next week because we see that Jesus comes to fulfill the law. But I think reminding ourselves that the law does have a part in scripture yes, and, yeah. and how that plays out. And we know that, it wasn't just fallen chaos everywhere. Like God did put something in place to kind of help them while they're waiting for their redeemer to come.
1: Well, and I hear all the time people are like, Oh, that doesn't matter. The law doesn't matter because Jesus, Jesus is here. It's been fulfilled. You don't need to worry about that. No, we're not trying to um, live by that law anymore by any means, but it does matter. Yeah. Like there is a purpose for it and we don't just want to ignore all of Leviticus because <laughs> the law doesn't Some matter anymore. <laughs> well,
0: <you know. laughs> but
1: I mean, like there's there's a yes, purpose. Yes, it's in absolutely. the Bible for a reason. And yes. so I think that's a good reminder that even that, like, no, we don't have to keep that, but that still points us to Jesus. Right. right. So what does... Christmas mean for the fall like when we think of piecing these two together the question is like how how does this go together and for me Aaron already mentioned this word but I think of hope like when I read Genesis 3 and even when I look around our world today like our world is so broken and you just see depravity like everywhere um we don't have to see the effects of sin without hope like we know the story of Jesus we know that he came but as I was thinking this through I was like yeah we have hope because we know about Jesus and we we know the story and we know that he came and then he died on the cross and all of these things but it's like Aaron was saying like even Adam and Eve had hope Mm -hmm. like our perspective is different because we're on this side of redemption and we're on this side of his birth death and resurrection but even God even gave Adam and Eve hope by pointing them to Christmas. So I think when we think about Christmas, like I think we hear the word hope tied to Christmas a lot, but how does that really play out? Like, what does that really mean? And the reason we have hope, we have to think about the fall before we understand why we have hope Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of um the big tie that i think of in my head of like what does christmas mean for the fall or what does the fall mean for
0: christmas um did you have any thoughts on that um no i think that's i think that's exactly what we can take away from this with the fall is we we weren't just left in that fall state like god gave us hope yeah yeah
1: yeah for sure so how does our understanding of the fall bring more meaning to christmas
0: so I think this is where I've been like really enjoying studying and learning about all of this because we don't usually want to talk about the fall. <laughs> like we're like, let's talk Especially about Jesus. Especially not at Christmas. Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. your natural um, no. thing that you think about when you think about Jesus. But no. I was listening to a sermon by Don Carson and he was talking about how if we don't understand the fall, then we won't understand the Bible or the gospel because if we don't understand the problem then we can't understand the solution. Exactly. And so yeah. if we're not first aware of the fact that we needed a redeemer to come or the fact that we were even in a fallen state or if we weren't aware of the fact that there is hope then we the solution like when Jesus comes and and we'll talk about that more next week but it it won't be, you know, It won't have the same weight. So if we're just like, oh, there's kind of some stuff. God created the world, and then Jesus came. It's like it doesn't really make sense. Like, why did Jesus have to come? Why did Jesus have to come? Why wouldn't he have stayed in heaven? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it just like allows us to really focus on the on what is happening at Christmas. Like Jesus is coming. Yeah, he's born as a baby, and all of this, and and you might automatically more think of Easter when you think of like redemption time, but like he had to be born obviously. So, and so when we think about Jesus's birth, we're like, Oh, we understand like why this is such a big deal Mm -hmm. and what he really is accomplishing. Like he wasn't just born and lived a perfect life. Like he was planned from the beginning of the world that he was going to come and die for our sins and atone for us. And that, that has so much more meaning than just, Oh, he was born at Christmas time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And we talked about this a little bit before, but the idea that Jesus had to come for me, Mm. like not just those really, really bad people that do really bad things, like I am those people. Like I am one of those people. He had to come for me and my sin. And so thinking about that, like that just makes Christmas so much more personal. Yeah. Too. Like thinking about, he came and he was born as a baby and we'll talk about that a little. I mean, we keep saying we're going to talk about this more (laughs) next week because we're going to talk about the redemption piece next week. But the reason he had to come as a human was because of me Mm -hmm. and my sin, not, Just the sin of Adam and Eve, not just the sin of everybody in the Old Testament or everybody in the early 1900s or whatever you want to think about. Like he came
0: because of my sin. Uh
1: And so that just makes it so much more meaningful when I think of it that
0: way. Yeah, that's good. So basically, to sum it all up, the fall is a necessary part of our understanding of Christmas. Even if
1: we don't want to think about
0: it. Yeah. But there's hope.
1: Like we don't have to sit in the sadness and the guilt That's a really good point.
0: That's a good point because I think we either go two ways, right? We like just don't think about our sinfulness or the sin, you know, the story of the fall in the Bible, or we dwell on it so much that we're unable to then look at Christmas because Mm -hmm. we're like, oh, everything is broken. Everything is fallen. I don't deserve this. Yeah. And so that's a really good point of maybe that's something you can kind of pray through this next week of how, how Lord do I, you know, give enough attention in time in prayer to the fall, but then still remember that, like, ultimately I should be joyful because of what comes next. Yes.
1: So join us next week as we talk about how um, redemption plays into Christmas.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode... Feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend.
1: The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Pops.